Hey there, this is the Penny on Your Thoughts podcast, and I am your host, Penny Chason. I'm a board-certified hypnotist, intuitive, and experiencer. This podcast is about tapping into your subconscious to create a more aligned and abundant life. By leveraging our subconscious, we can master our thoughts, frequency, and vibration. Fusing the conscious, subconscious, and our consciousness is the science of expansion and soul satisfaction. Each week, I'll share in-depth interviews or solo episodes. This podcast was created to share how you have the power to create infinite potential within you. It's my intention that you find this podcast empowering, inspiring, and full of possibility. Now grab your favorite beverage and let's go. Hey, I'm excited to have you back today for another wonderful conversation. Erica Flint and I are really going to dive into what it was like to be on the journey of becoming a hypnotist, becoming an entrepreneur, and the profound impact that we get to have on people's lives every single day. Not only that, I want to express my appreciation to you for being my listener and also to Magic Mind for being a sponsor of this episode of Penny on Your Thoughts. It's Penny, and I'm back with another guest today, and she's someone special to me. I have known today's guest for several years now. We're professional colleagues, peers, and she's someone that I have looked up to and looked at her success, and it gave me an idea of what was possible for me, and it kind of really lit the fire underneath me. Today, I have with me Erica Flint. She is a former software designer engineer turned hypnotist, but she's more than just a hypnotist. She's a very well-rounded, world-experienced, knowledgeable, heart-centered person. She's won awards within the NGH. She's a member of the Order of Braid, and she's a four-time published author. And Erica is really just so much more than that. And we're going to dive in today into some of the things that I think we've all experienced as humans in this experience. And if you are an entrepreneur, I'm quite sure we're going to touch on some things that you've probably thought about, pondered, and maybe even dreaded from time to time in what lies ahead because entrepreneurship is a journey. Being a hypnotist is a journey and they both crack open the path to personal development if you're open to that. So let's talk about what it takes to follow this path in front of us so that we do have that peace, that inner love inside of us, and that we can have a success that just tugs at our soul. Erica, welcome. Mm. I would love for you to just take a moment <laughs> and just really share a little bit more about who you are and, and what you're doing right now before we see where sure. this leads. Well, thanks for that beautiful intro. It just reminded me of, you know, you were mentioning, what does it take to do this? And I've been in the business now for 10 years. So it's been exactly 10 years, actually. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting and a lot of thinking. What got me into this business was a lot of heartache and a lot of stress. I didn't ever plan on doing this, but I ended up in the emergency room, not one, not knowing if I wanted to be alive or not. That was really the decision. Um, I had um, was unhappy and I still remember being there in that emergency room. It was really embarrassing. I had to wear one of those stupid gowns. Uh, my whole family was there. And I, there was a moment when I was like, I'm either going to die here. This is going to be it. Or um, I need to find a new way to live. And I remember in that decision and I, you know, decision is such a cool word, right? It means decide, right? To cut off. And it was like, I cut off all other, like this old way of living. Right. And that's when I found hypnosis. And now 10 years later, I realize how important it is for me to every day, I am still bringing myself back to this moment of presence, 
of gra- deep, 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 deep gratitude. I find myself in really deep moments of pure kind of gratitude. And then at the same time, like this lack of love and understanding that seems to exist at the same time. It's kind of like this um, awareness of the suffering and deep love for the love surrounding me at all times. So it's been a really lovely, lovely journey. Right. Um, No, go ahead. Yeah. It's just great to be here, Penny, because um, I know that you uh, have helped a lot of people and have a really deep understanding of hypnosis in this work. So I'm excited to see where, where we can take this today. So thanks for having me. You, you mentioned that lack of love and understanding. Would Mm -hmm. you continue on that thread a little bit? Are you talking about the outside world, something you experience within yourself? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Within myself. I think one of my core issues um, is a sense of loneliness. I've always felt somewhat lonely. And I kind of, you know, I think really, I heard this saying a long time ago, there's a God shaped hole in each of us, right? And we have to fill that up with love and source and divinity and all the good things. And so for me, yes, I'm continually noticing when I feel separate, when I feel alone, that's usually just a calling that I need to go do some inner work and go reconnect with source. But so that's always there. But what I notice now is just even in my clients and even when I go. So for example, I was at the grocery store the other day. I was at Fred Meyer and Fred Meyer is kind of chaotic, right? At least it is for where I live because there's other grocery stores that aren't quite as busy, that aren't quite the track, you know, the parking lot isn't quite as full. So this is kind of hectic. And there's a woman there and I can see a look of panic on her face. And I just stopped and I just asked her, Hey, how's it going? And, and she couldn't find her cart. I mean, this woman was you know, a little older, right? And I found her cart. It was, it was just, oh, is that your cart right over there? And the look of relief on her face just from that moment of pure panic. And this is what I'm talking about because it's just, there seems to be so much uncertainty in the world right now. Yes. And I see videos everywhere of people like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I, you know, we're running out of money and it's just like, it feels like there's so much of that now. And so, yeah, the suffering that I seem to pick up on just in leaving my house is kind of what I was mentioning. I, I think that with this immediate news cycle, Mm-hmm. with social media that has evolved to this short form video, which you and I both know can very quickly bypass someone's critical factor Absolutely. and trigger that emotional reaction that sets off fight or flight. They just, people don't realize how easily they become susceptible right. to that fear and I, I, I'm with you. I would love to just take the world a gentle shake by the shoulders and say, look, love, love, whatever emotion it is we're putting back out into the world right. that's being amplified and reflected back to us. If we want love, we have to be love. But you touched on something that I have chatted with clients and Uh, friends who are on this journey. I think that those of us who are healers, and I really don't like to call us healers because we heal ourselves. Right. We we don't heal other, we don't heal other people. But once you're on this journey and we recognize the misperceptions, like we're truly never really alone, right? But we can still feel that sense of separation that you talk about. I feel that when we have this awareness and we're on this path of discovery and we let ourselves be in this state of presence, that what we're actually feeling is exactly what you said. We're remembering source. We are remembering the collective consciousness. We are remembering the vibration and energy of all that is, which is, is, which is love, joy, and gratitude. 
And when we have tuned out from that, that sense of being alone is actually that separation. And the only person who can uh, fix that just as you is you and that's why it's you and it's so perfect it's right because channel yeah it's like whatever like in the past when I felt disconnected I might go drink right and now when I feel disconnected it's just like Eric like it's like a reminder it's like whoa whoa hey oh shoot I you know I forgot to put my shoes on (laughs) you know something like that right it's just a reminder of who I really am so I've really flipped any kind of, I've tried at least to, to flip any negative experience in my awareness, merely as a reminder, or at least like an invitation (laughs) to a deeper understanding, right? If I'm annoyed by something, I probably need to take a break because there are plenty of things in my environment that can, that can annoy me and I can completely and totally ignore them and not pay any attention to them and be just awesome, awesome, awesome. So if I'm to the place where I'm starting to be annoyed or like my mind is perceiving that and picking up on those things, that's what it's, it is narrowing down right for me, then it's, it's time for me to take a break. Yeah. Absolutely. If I get into a space where I'm feeling that and even mm-hmm. um, overwhelm to me as a choice, we tend to overcommit or we push yeah. through beyond the point we know we should stop. Right. What I will do is I will take my shoes off and I will go outside and walk in the grass. Oh, I will go good. sit by the pool to be near the water, just to be in nature and to reconnect with mm-hmm. who and what I am. You mentioned how you ended up in the hospital. Yeah. And I have been in that same place. Mm-hmm. What was happening in your life? I mean, you don't have to be specific, but just kind of a general idea of what was day to day like or your overall feeling that it led to that? Because I feel like there's someone listening who might be able to say, oh, wait a minute. You mean I can avoid getting to this point? Because for me, it was misalignment. And I've shared Mm -hmm. that story before, but I I was, I'm curious what it was for you. I think I really, I mean, this is um, a lot of self-reflection on my part because alcohol was really the issue for me. And I went through a period where I hated alcohol. I thought it was like evil. And someone had told me that's why it's called spirits, right? Cause you're going to drink and the evil spirits will get in you. And there's all kind of spiritual elements where you could right. say that alcohol itself is the demon that kind of causes this. Yeah. And then after a while, I realized that alcohol was a gift because it brought me to a place where I realized I'm unwilling. And I love this part about me. It's what I call my big F you <laughs> because I was basically big giant F you to the entire world for making me believe the dumb story about happiness comes when you get a job and the picket fence. And so I was so mad at myself and I was just so pissed about the whole thing. And now when I look back on it, I merely had really gotten off my spiritual path because when I was younger, I was raised Christian uh, and I loved Jesus and I was on my bike and I was in the woods and I was a little artist. I was very spiritual. And when I got older, I stopped going to church. I stopped having a spiritual connection in nature. I stopped making music because I was in college. I stopped doing art because I was in college. And then I kind of stopped everything that would we might call was kind of spiritual. And so I think that's really what it was. I disconnected from my spirit entirely to some degree and went hundred percent the world, the world's version of joy and happiness. And I was really disappointed and pissed. <laughs> yeah. I, that is something I see in here so much, you know, we're, we're taught that, you know, to be successful, to be able to meet our needs, it's college, it's a degree, it's right. get a good job, a career, save up for that retirement so that maybe one day you can get your life back for yourself. Right. And 
And it was true probably for our parents, right? I think this was true for my mom and my dad. And so I don't think they were trying to feed me anything at all. I don't think it was any, I don't think it was any. And that's why I was kind of like, I'm, I bought this story and I'm okay with it. I'm not mad about this anymore. And I'm glad that alcohol brought me to that place, right? Where I could realize, oh, has nothing to do with that. It's me. (laughs) Yeah. I I really disagree with the notion and the trend that's happening out there where people are cutting off their parents when they recognize these disconnects in what their parents believed and Mm. what they've now come to know to be true for themselves. For example, what you and I have now come to know to be true for us. We were talking about this before we hit record, but that doesn't mean it's my mom and dad's fault. They were operating at the absolute best level that they knew how. They were operating within the context of their life and what possibilities were open to them and what possibilities they were aware of, which brings me to the next little piece I really want us to talk about because we were Mm -hmm. chatting about this beforehand. You and I both, I just find this so ironic. Neither one of us knew that entrepreneurship was even a thing. Right. I didn't know you could be... I mean, me being an entrepreneur was like being a babysitter. Like that's kind of like what I thought when I was a kid, like, yeah, you can make a little money on the side, like being a babysitter or um, picking bulbs or having a paper route. Right. But I didn't, there were businesses and then bosses and employees. Right. Exactly. I mean, I just accepted that the way through life was to get a job somewhere and I could either choose to have a hot end sweaty job, or I could choose to go to college and get a degree where I could do something and and be inside. And I I, I just, I remember when the bug hit, because I became a hypnotist purely out of curiosity. I took a training with Ron Esslinger, who's a retired Mm -hmm. CRNA, and I did it for the anesthesia credits. And Erica will know what I'm talking about. I got volunteered by him to be the uh student that he demonstrated glove analgesia on and if you don't know what that means it means using hypnotic suggestion to numb a body part and he clamped a surgical clamp shut on the back of my hand it was so tight it left the marks there for two and a half hours but I never felt a thing and that was spirit that was my soul that was my soul and Ron's soul connecting and saying this is what we have to do to get Penny on her path like she's had the nudges but she's just not getting it yet (laughs) and because that day I called my husband on my cell phone and I'm like um when I come home I'm gonna open a hypnosis practice he's like wait what if you're anything like me from day to day you don't know how focused and in the zone you're gonna be I mean when I'm creating content or working with clients I like being focused and grounded and that's why I'm happy I discovered magic mind After just a couple of days of drinking Magic Mind in the morning, I noticed I was able to stay on task and get things done without squirrel brain. The best part, it doesn't make me feel antsy and I sleep better because I'm not drinking caffeine all day. The really cool thing about Magic Mind is that it's all natural, made with matcha, nootropics, adaptogens, and it doesn't have any sugar. If you could use more focus and calm like I did, I highly recommend Magic Mind. You can get it at magicmind.com forward slash design destiny. And when you use code design destiny, get up to 56% off your subscription or 20% off of a one-time order in the next 10 days. If you already have a subscription, the code still works so that you can begin saving on your next shipment. Now, if you know me, you know I don't recommend anything I have not tried first and know that it works plus They offer a 100%, no questions asked, money-back guarantee, so there is nothing to lose. Head on over to magicmind.com forward slash design destiny and use code design destiny. I'd get the 30 pack if I were you because it's the best value. So what was the turning point for you that you're like, oh, this hypnosis is a thing. The mind is the most powerful computer. I've worked with electronic computers. Let me go work with the computer of the human body. 
Right. And I didn't actually get that until I was taking a hypnosis course, because what happened when I left the hospital that day, um, I, I realized I wanted to be, I needed to get back on my spiritual path. Like I, 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 that was so clear. I started reading again. I read a bunch of books. This is when I, I found Wayne Dyer and he's one of my heroes now that kind of, I talk about quite a bit is very, a, a big influence for me. And, um, I took some other kind of courses, an energy breathing course I took. So I was kind of seeking at community colleges, um, just like these fun, you know, a class on Tuesday evening and a, a different class here and there. And there was one at the um, tech college for hypnosis. And it was every Tuesday night for three hours. And I had no idea what um, what it was going to be about, but it sounded fun. I do remember though, the moment that, that it actually made sense to me, I can still imagine it in my mind. I'm very visual. I can see it. I was sitting there and the teacher was up at the front. There was a, a whiteboard up there and uh, JV was her name. And she's talking about hypnosis. And I realized, cause I'm a programmer. Okay. I mean, I'm writing lines of code. We're looking at loops and, and we have executable programs and methods and these parameters, like, all of these things that uh, we're trying to make highly effective. And so I realized, oh my gosh, hypnosis allows us to go into this deep place and reprogram some of the habitual components, the ways we've been thinking and feeling from a long time ago. And I think a literal, like a light bulb popped over my head. Like I, I remember sitting there thinking, this is a huge moment in my life. And that's when I started thinking I would do it professionally. And what, what was that next step for you? Um, the next step, I was really good at <laughs> networking. That was, I was in corporate America, right? So we were networking like crazy. So I just emailed everybody in town. I called them in town and I said, every hypnotist in town. And I said, hey, um, I'm Erica Flint. I just, I'm learning hypnosis. Can I take you out for coffee? Right. And two of them said yes. And so, um, after I spoke with both of these people, I had a much better idea of kind of what it meant to be a professional hypnotist. And I got other training and um, then I got my first client using Google yes. ads. It was Google AdWords. Got my first client in three days using Google ads. That was back in 20, geez, that was 2013, maybe 2014. Yeah, that, that was how I got my first client as well in Connecticut. That was before the days of virtual hypnosis and yep. things were in person. And mm -hmm. I closed my practice in 2015. And when I reopened in January of 2018, I had my first client within days of nice. running Google ads. But I also had some interesting callers <laughs> because mm -hmm. Google ads had changed how they did things. And this is part of being in business, right? Things change so quickly. Google had changed the way they did their targeting. And um, I was getting calls for people who were interested in hypnosis for more um, mm, interesting yeah. aspects. We're not going to go into it, but it, it wasn't for that personal development. It wasn't for the weight loss and, and that type of thing. And um, yeah, so it's, it's easier then I think being online because now I'm doing everything organically. So I am the Google ad. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast yeah. is the podcast is a Google ad because it's virtual. What were some of the challenges that you initially faced starting that business? I mean, in terms of like mindset, what you believed was possible where where did you go from there? Because you've played a role in what I do. Yeah, I um, I mean, my first challenge was time because I had a full time job, right? Yeah. And I do not want to work too often, right? Yeah. 
And so thankfully I was able to modify my schedule a little bit and my family helped. So there's, there's absolutely in my history, there's people um, that supported me in taking extra time where I might be um, doing the dishes or something in that first year. So part of it was um, that, and then part of it was learning kind of, I would say maybe the sales process. I had a little, a couple of things to learn there with sales, like, um, not, not, um, not compromising with clients, um, not like certain things that we can do that really don't serve our business and don't really serve our clients either. Um, so that first year really kind of learning more about being an entrepreneur too. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that really surprised me and still surprises me is at least for, um, hypnosis and still some of our, our clients will call us and say, yeah, um, you know, nobody else has called us back. Right. And I don't know how common that is in your area, but there are some hypnotists who run practices, but they either don't answer their phone or they'll email back two or three days later. So I always felt from the beginning, like if I responded immediately back to a client, whether they called or emailed, I would get that client. Right. So there was some level of professionalism that felt kind of easy coming from corporate America that other people might be, maybe were just taking their time to reply in three or four days. I was replying in 10 minutes and that absolutely helps, doesn't it? When somebody wants, when they're calling us, by the time they reach out and ask for help, it can take our clients a lot of heartache just to pick up the phone or an email and and agree to reach out for help. Right. So a lot of times getting back to them right away can, it's very loving and can be of great service. It, it is because a, at least for a lot of my clients, they've had experiences in the past where they didn't feel seen. They didn't yep. feel heard. And often people don't think about hypnosis until they've reached a point that nothing else has worked. Yep. And if you're listening to this and you've never thought about hypnosis, I'm going to tell you it's so much better if you take advantage of it before uh, you get to that point. But the thing that I ran into is that I searched high and low on the internet. I did not find other hypnotists who were advertising or had their businesses listed. And I finally found two different places, one down in Hattiesburg and one up in Starkville, where they had a hypnotist on staff, but they they offered other services. But periodically, I would say, oh, yeah, there's a hypnotist over here and there's a hypnotist over there. But people were really totally relying on word of mouth and weren't even advertising right. uh, that they were they were available. So I would get a lot. I would actually get a lot of calls. And it became to, you know, what you were saying about sales and getting on those calls and things that don't serve people I really had to be an integrity and also to learn because we don't come into this knowing everything everything's a learning process who wasn't quite ready for that work yet and who you know were not healthcare I was a healthcare professional but I wasn't a mental health healthcare professional to to know what we don't know enough to say, you know what, I I, I think you're not ready yet. And I, I would really love for you to connect with someone else and make sure this is even an appropriate path for you because we don't want to do any harm either because hypnosis is very, very powerful. It is such a fast transformational process but at the same time, we get to be responsible with that as well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super um, amazing to be able to help people with such long-term problems by the time they do make it to us. And I think that might be changing, Penny, right? I think some people might yeah. be recognizing that hypnosis and what we're doing is tapping into that power inside, right? And this is one of the ways yeah. I'm describing hypnosis now. It's really... Um, you know, the, the magic and the power of hypnosis is really the power of you, the power of the aligned you, the power of the you that isn't afraid, right? 
Um, so that people don't think of hypnosis quite as mysterious. It's a tool that gives us access to deeper parts of us. Yeah. I I think that it is becoming more mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're all doing the world a favor by talking about it, not just you and I, but everyone else and how we can tap in and access this part of us and in my experience, I don't know about your experience, but in my experience, every single client I've ever worked with, there has been a deeper sense of self-acceptance. There has been a deeper sense of self-love and knowing that you're worth it, whatever it is that you come in for, knowing that you're you're worth it in life. Yeah. And there's no dollar amount that can be placed upon that that's that's life-changing I remember this uh one client I love her she's been on the podcast she's talked about this she came in just having some challenges with her relationship she wasn't as open uh to receiving love and Mm -hmm. in that connection as she wanted and she came in specifically for her relationship with her partner and I remember one day we went through this process where Uh, we gained some gratitude around some past situations and she shared on the podcast she has a three-year-old son at the time and I mean they had a fair relationship but he had never been one to hug her he -hmm. had never been one to love on her and say mommy I love you she messaged me later that day she came out of that session she went into the other room and he went running up to her, jumped in her arms. Mommy, I love you. It forever changed their relationship. I mean, the, a three-year-old child, his mother allows herself to be vulnerable enough to go through this process to heal herself. And his life is forever changed. And he notices. And he man, noticed it. It she didn't have to say anything. But they can tell and animals can tell and spouses can tell and our partners can tell. And, you know, this is where people are like, what, what'd you do? Did you lose weight? Did you color your hair? What, what's going on with you? You look, you're, you're different. Something's different. You're like, Something I'm happy. Different. <laughs> I'm at peace. All right. It, I'm it, not chasing the world around anymore. Yes. it It's something about that. I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you when you've facilitated this process for someone and at the end of the call they look 10 years younger than they did when you started because all of that stress the angst the worry that everything just relaxes it's just like whoosh you can see it on yeah it's amazing um I write about that in one of my books where I I see my client for the first time, meaning, you know, when she came in, she's kind of down and, you know, tired. And then at the end, she was just so full of life. She brought me a bag. She was so cool. She brought me a bag of her favorite things. So she's like, Erica, you helped me in my life so much. I brought you all my favorite things. So these are like all of her, like uh, her favorite nail file, her favorite, like all of these fun little gifts. I still have them as a matter of fact. Um, and then we get the clients. I always find this super interesting too. So this is where it's really, when we do a really good job, this doesn't happen. Right. But it's, it can still come to mind for some of our clients because they'll wonder, they'll be like, man, I feel so great. I, I wonder if it, maybe it wasn't really that bad. Right. Maybe maybe has this ever happened to you Penny where they, they kind of discount the sorrow or the pain they might've been in before, because now they're at a place of such relief. They can't feel that feeling anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't say exactly like that, but I I have taken people through a process and just, it's almost as if they don't remember. Right. It's and that's actually where we're supposed to be. I'll come back to that in, in a moment, but they don't remember. And Sometimes I, this did happen once where the person went back into a situation that they had been into before. Oh, you know, and, and, and yeah, because it, it, well, it really 
like you say, I guess thinking now, that's probably what went on in the mind. Like, well, it couldn't have been that bad. This was so easy. And right. then they go back into a situation because now I, I coach clients as well, but at this point in time, I didn't. And it was an issue around boundaries, right? Yeah. And we can be attached to expectations and, you know, maybe we don't have a boundary in there and we have this expectation still that, you know, on some level, well, to be a good person, it's up to me to give it my all and to make this work. And then they get back in, in the same situation. In the same situation. But talking about not remembering what it felt like, I apprenticed with a shaman and I, I've been connected with him for almost two years now. And one of the lessons that he shared with me when, when he and I had our private call, you're going to love this. It goes right back to our self-hypnosis teaching. If this episode is resonating with you, then I want you to know that if you're recognizing issues you've dealt with before, it's not your fault. As entrepreneurs, well, heck, as any human being, we have all had experiences in our lives that have created imprints in our subconscious mind that have formed beliefs, things that we should avoid, right? Uh, Things that we have to do to be accepted or not be seen as different because that's uncomfortable to the brain, right? And then we have the stories that we carry, the things that we picked up from our parents and society around us around what it means to be successful and to be an entrepreneur and to have money. And if you're an entrepreneur and you're sitting at low multi six figures and you want to go to seven figures and in your mind you're questioning whether or not you're ready for it, then I want you to join me for the Thrive to Seven Figures workshop. It's November 6th through the 9th. We're going to meet every day on Zoom. It's also going to be live streamed into a Facebook group where you will have exclusive access to the replays in that group for life. And I'm going to systematically take you through the different areas where blind spots can show up and slow you down so you can be proactive and avoid those. So the link is going to be in the show notes. It's pennychason.com forward slash seven fig. That's the number seven F-I-G. Join me. It's $27. There's going to be a little bit of hypnosis every day. I promise you, you're going to get so much value out of this. You're probably going to say what one of my past participants has said. Are you sure you charge the right amount of money for this workshop? So be sure to go and to sign up, pennychason.com forward slash seven big. Let's dive back in. You know, the self-hypnosis that we use, that's that clearing. It's the antivirus of the mind. Mm -hmm. He literally used almost the exact same words. There is nothing wrong. We have to learn our lessons and we have to bring our lessons with us, but we cannot carry the baggage of the emotions of the past. We, we have to find a way to put that baggage down and each and every day we have to do the work to clear out the stuff that we pick up each and every day that does not serve us. Right. It's like the dust that comes in your house, your clothes get dirty, your dishes, like everything. We have to do that every single day. And that's just such a good practice, right? I mean, I find myself doing it in real time. I'm asking my, like, if a thought comes up that I'm, you know, really, is that really true, Erica? Like I'm trying to catch these things in real time so that it's not like piling up, right? Yeah, that, that, that is our practice, isn't it? That's the path. That's the way we continue, continue to grow. And I, I've had someone say to me before, it's like almost exhausting. And I'm like, don't look at it as exhausting. You don't have to catch every thought. Just be aware and go, oh, I see you. I see what, yeah. I see what you're trying to do. Now, your passion is obviously helping people to feel right. this disconnect, the separation, alone. But you also train. Yes. And you've I... trained a lot of hypnotists. You are one of like only a couple, I think I could be wrong, of hypnotists that have trained so many students, you're actually accredited in the methodology that you teach, which is a hurdle um, 
to, yeah. to, accom- to, to, to meet those requirements to do that. What is it about training others? Because you're not only training them to be hypnotists, you're training them to be entrepreneurs sometimes as well. Right. Well, I remember um, when I first transitioned from full-time software engineer to full-time hypnotist. So I did that in a year and that was a real transition. I put full-time date on my calendar and started filling it up and then took a leave of absence at my job. Right. So, um, um, that was, I forgot my train of thought. Ask me a question again, Penny, please. Uh, Just training now, training training and teaching them to be entrepreneurs. So as soon as I became a full-time hypnotist in about three months, I had a full-time practice and in less than a year, I had a three month waiting list. And the reason for that is because it's, it's really effective and I was really good at marketing and, and I just love every client. So we, we get to establish a real sense of love and trust there right away, but it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for me to when a client would come in, they would be really excited because it works really well. And I would have to tell them, okay, I can't see you for three months. Yeah. And so I realized I wanted another hypnotist on staff and it just made sense for me to be a trainer because I was also a trainer in, uh, as a software developer, that was a big part of what I did. I would teach people uh, a lot of that stuff too. So as soon as I became a trainer, now I hired one of my grads and then I hired another one of my grads. So then we had three people on staff and I wasn't, it wasn't just me. We didn't have a three month waiting list anymore. I, I had the time and energy and ability to write a book. And then I was able to give people the information. So they would come to me. Shannon was working with people. We had other folks working at the same time. And so now when they came to me, I could give them my book and I could say, go read this book. I'll see you in two weeks. So we got it down to two weeks and now I had something to give them. And then after that, we, we did a live event um, and we recorded it. So now there's a video and a book. And so now there's an onboarding process for folks that want to lose weight so that they can start losing weight and keep that momentum all the way up until their first session. So all training was part of kind of a necessity, but it's something that I absolutely love to do. And I'll tell you for someone like me, where I was in corporate America, software engineer. I mean, people think it's crazy that I went from that to hypnosis and I don't, I think that it makes sense to me because we're programming and we're looking at executable programs. We're looking at what's not working. We're looking at pattern matching, all of those types of things. Right. And there's a lot of people out there that, that would love to have a career where they're really helping people. Right. So that's what I started doing. I think that for most people, we have an innate drive, that soul drive to see the world to be a better place. And in terms of creating that onboarding process, Mm -hmm. that is something that I've come to find very important because when I first went full-time, I was taking deposits to book appointments two and three months out and it it does get to be interesting in that. And and people are waiting for you and waiting for you. And then I learned about the concept of onboarding and it's what sets us apart from healthcare. Hypnosis isn't a replacement or a substitute for healthcare, be it physical, mental, whatever. But I find that people will share with me things they've never shared with anyone else. Just because we have built this bond and we listen. Yeah. We have the time That's to what listen. It's all about. I mean, it really is all about creating an environment so our clients feel so safe, safe beyond even what I can understand, really. Yeah. Um, but to feel so connected and safe that it is beyond what you can kind of conceptualize right and in that moment that present moment magic happens right all sorts of things 
we have it hypnotic does. tools that help us, right? But there's yeah. more going on, I think. Yeah. The... Well, there is more going on. There's there's our energy, there's yeah. our vibration. You know, someone who feels pulled to work with you might not necessarily feel pulled to work with me and vice yeah. versa. I've had people yeah. reach out to me and they're like, as soon as I heard your voice, I knew. And, yeah. you know, to just kind of go a little woo, you can, if you're listening and you're like, I don't think I believe in this, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But I, I feel like we connected and we had this agreement that when the time was right, we're going to come together and yeah. this beautiful magic is going to happen. Where are you with alignment? Where are you with the peace that this brings into your life? I mean, because above all, when we do what we feel called to do, mm -hmm. it changes us yeah. as a person. What would you say First of all, what does that feel like for you? That's my first question. And then the second question is, where, where do you see this all going for yeah. you? What's possible? Well, it feels really good. I feel like I try to stay what I would say in the present moment as often as possible, because that's where I think everything really exists. And a lot of the work that I do really is hypnosis or meditating, whatever we want to call it, and just imagining from my heart and the rest of my body, the deep love that I feel inside that I know can be true. So uh, I feel a lot of the work that I do isn't thoughtful at all, because I don't know that I have the thoughts that are going to solve what I'm feeling right now. So a lot of my work feels like it's very, um, just imagining a sense of peace and love, um, so that I get that in my body. Right. And um, anytime that I'm not feeling good, anytime that I get kind of those negative experiences, I'm dancing, I'm doing hypnosis, I'm writing, doing things like that. Now, the way that this has made it kind of, I don't want to say hard, but like sometimes it's hard for me to deal with people outside of my job because sometimes I feel like I'm a little weird and I'm, I like being weird. Like I'll totally own it, but it is true. And so like, if I go to an event or something like I want to talk about certain things and I might get a little bored. Um, so I kind of find that, um, you know, I don't really want to talk. I never want to talk about regular things. I'm much more likely to walk up to you, Penny, and say, what do you like to do? Somebody, I said this to somebody the other day, they're like, did you just ask me what I like to do? And I said, yes, what do you love? What, what really makes your heart sing? She's like, wow, what a great question. I'll answer that. <laughs> and so that's the only thing. Sometimes I feel like I would rather be at home playing and dancing than at an, an adult event <laughs> talking with people. <laughs> I, I totally, totally get that. I, I could have more enjoyment being out in my pasture with my cows and my donkeys and having a conversation and like people, people don't get it. And, you know, part of that comes from other things, but I've, never been that really people person. And because I would hear things like, you just remember the weirdest stuff. Mm -hmm. like, and what, what are you talking about? And I can walk a horse around the barn before I get to the point. When I really, <laughs> when I really get into something and mm -hmm. it's like, get to the point already. Yeah. So that's, that's well, there's just a lot of negativity too. Right. And I'm just like, I kind of, I put a boundary around myself. I refuse to be around victims. I refuse to be around blamers. I, I'm just going to walk away. I mean, I remember this was really funny. This was during the, I don't remember what you called it, the bug or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and somebody walked in um, talking about the person, I think who was president at the time. I didn't really want to entertain that conversation whatsoever. They yes. walked in, mentioned this person's name. I literally stood up and walked out of the room. And two people came up to me later and they were like, oh my gosh, Erica, that was so cool. As soon as she said that, you just, you just left the room. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not trying to be that obvious. I don't want yeah. to be offensive. I don't right. want to be rude, but I'm just not going to entertain certain conversations. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. that might be a problem, yeah. I, problem I, sometimes. <laughs> 
I, I often hear people talk about protecting their energy yeah. and we really don't need to protect our energy. We, we need to decide what we're available for yeah. and hold ourselves to our boundaries. And we can find a way to do that with kindness, love, and compassion. And yeah. I have left many rooms. I have left many conversations. I'm like, oh, well, I have to go now. Oh, right. <laughs> There's milk in the car. It's going to spoil if I don't get home. You just, you just find a way to politely because people are where they are. We're all where we are in um, trusting that we're all doing our best in the moment. So if someone's in, interested in training with you, to become a hypnotist, if they want to go down this journey of learning the mind, the programming, how they can help facilitate these shifts and change lives. And how do they do that? How do they connect with you? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple different ways you can grab my book. Can you be a hypnotist? I have it right here. Can mm -hmm. you be a hypnotist? Um, CascadeHypnosisTraining.com is one of the best ways. Um, and we do live every Thursday. So not every Thursday, I shouldn't say every Thursday, most every Thursday, sometimes Erica's on vacation and sometimes we're teaching. So we don't, don't go live on those days, but we're right. doing live hypnosis training very short on Thursdays um, to give people an experience and introduce them to um, professional hypnosis um, to give them a taste that. of it, right? I absolutely so. love that. If there's one takeaway you could give the entire audience about finding peace within themselves, what would it be? Got to be kind to yourself. You don't make any progress when you're mean to yourself. When we take two steps forward and one step back, the one step back is always you being mean to yourself, you being unkind to yourself. So heart-centered hypnosis and the way we get awesome relief for our clients is by continuing to surrender into deeper love toward yourself over and over and over yes. and over and over and over again. I agree a hundred percent. Thank you so much for coming and having this conversation, Erica. Penny, thank you so much. I don't know if people know how amazing you are and how much lovely, beautiful, peaceful space you hold whenever you walk in the room and here holding space for this conversation and all of the people that you've helped. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everything you do. Thank it's been you an for honor. that. All right, mm -hmm. everyone, if you love this, please take a moment, screenshot this episode, share it to Instagram, tag me. I'll make sure Erica gets tagged back. Let's share with everyone how there is a great deal of possibility out there for us. Let's not keep this message secreted away for ourselves. See you next week.